offering. Brother David, would you word our prayer? Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We just thank you for giving us freedom to be here today, Father. Mm, yes. Father, we just pray you bless this offering. Bless each and every part of the service today, Lord. Father, there's so many people on our prayer list, Lord. Just guide and direct and just comfort them and heal them, Father. Amen. I missed you last week. Nobody showed up at my house, that is. Anyway, glad to be back. I've had a lot of people tell me we're glad you're feeling better and all that stuff. I, I wasn't actually sick. The, uh, I was just playing hooky from the... I get so intimidated by you guys that it, uh, sometimes I just have to not show up here. Anyway, what happened to me was on Saturday all the way through until Saturday night, I drank, I don't know how many cups of coffee, and ate one of our, one of our customer brings us these big chocolate cakes, and they're, they're the best chocolate cake I've ever had. And so instead of eating one piece of chocolate cake, I ate like a quarter of the chocolate cake. And you know chocolate has a lot of caffeine in it. I'm allergic to caffeine, and along with all the, all the uh, uh, coffee and just on and on and on, sugar, everything else we've been eating. You should have called me, I could have helped you with that. Well, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I thought about that, yeah. And, and I think we still have some of the chocolate cake left because I'm scared to touch it now. <clears throat> anyway, the, uh, I have a condition with my heart known as atrial fibrillation. Tammy Scott has that, so you guys are probably familiar with, with that and everything. And I've had it for 35 years, and normally it just comes and goes. I'll have it for maybe a minute or something, and then I won't see it again for five years. Well, this time it came, and it stayed for a pretty good while, I think, until pretty late in the day, even on Monday still, before I got to feeling better. And I, I would not have been able to stand up here at this pulpit on Sunday morning at all. It's a, it's a really crazy kind of a thing. But anyway, uh, if you all prayed for me, I appreciate that. The Lord has blessed. I feel good. I have had to, uh, through all this, change over to decaffeinated coffee now, which that, I don't know, I'd almost rather have AFib, I think, than drink decaffeinated <laughs> coffee. But whatever, I'm, I'm getting used to it, and it's all, all working out good. So anyways, uh, I hope you all had a Merry Christmas. We watched service on Sunday morning and seen how all that went. That was very nice. But then we tried to watch the candlelight service, and I don't think they broadcast it. Was that, was that right? They didn't broadcast the candlelight service. Yeah, I see, I see Kim up there shaking her head and all that it wasn't. So anyway, we missed out on that. We're sorry that we, sorry that we did. 
anyhow, how's everybody else doing here? We got any prayer requests, praise reports, any of that kind of stuff going on here this morning? Lots of people sick still, I guess. Okay. Praise God. That's good. I was telling Esther that I had uh, occasion to speak with her son, Kyle, who I've kind of become friends with out at the airport there a little bit. Just on Saturday, we spoke for about a half hour. And he was just telling me about how just miserable him and his wife were with, with they got sick and then... Esther, you and Jeff were sick there. I visited him over at the office there one day and told him to go home and get some rest and take care of Esther. Yeah. So anyway, um, the, uh, I just, I know there's just all kinds of stuff. On Wednesday night when we were in here for the discipleship program, I think there were, what, about five new people on the prayer list, something, something like that. And a few praise reports, and we're happy that people are getting better. Man, I'll tell you, there's some stuff going around out there right now that's not, not good. And I'm thankful I didn't get that. We, we've not been sick. I think my son was a little bit sick there for a, a while, but it was very short-lived. Anybody else have any uh, prayer requests, praise reports? What, what, are you, what are you pointing at? What? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. All right. What did you say? Karen Irwin. Karen Irwin. Can you repeat it? Karen Irwin was tested positive for having strep throat. That can be a kind of miserable thing to have. Yeah, I don't like that. All right. Oh, Marty's feeling better. Good. Yep, glad to, glad to hear it. A little bit better. All right. Well, that's progress. All righty. Well, without further ado, we'll go into, uh, we'll just have a word of prayer here. Ask the Lord for a blessing and thank him for these things, and then we'll get started with the lesson. Father, we just come before you here this morning to, uh, to give you thanks and praise for the good reports we've had here that uh, Janie's sister and son are getting through these problems that they've had and feeling much better now. And, and then uh, uh, just uh, Marty is feeling a little bit better, she says here, Lord, we just ask that you continue to work in these people's lives and to heal them up further till they're uh, back to 100% here. And then think about Karen Irwin here with her strep throat diagnosis, Lord, just help her to get rest and help her to take care of herself and to, to heal that up. Perhaps there wouldn't even be any uh, medical intervention needed for maybe there'd just be a miraculous healing of that and that Karen would get back in here to church pretty quickly. Um, I ask that you'd be with us as we go through the Sunday school lesson here this morning, Lord, be with the other Sunday school teachers, help us to uh, have a good day in your house here today, Father. Open our minds and our hearts to be receptive to what you would say and to apply them to our lives. We love you, thank you, and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> All right. So, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And we <clears throat> start looking into this stuff now two weeks ago. And so I'll just kind of recap on what we, what we did then. Um, I had a question that I was going to ask you last week. And obviously didn't, but um, 
I just want to put out there, how did y'all do? As we left now three weeks worth ago, how did y'all do about getting to where you could maybe talk to somebody or invite somebody to church? Did you get to do any of that, anything? We've got the, uh, we've got the Bridgeport, Better Bridgeport coming up here on the 13th of, of uh, January here. And so that'll be a good time for you guys to all go out and practice your newfound skills and boldness and courage that you have inviting people to church and telling them about Jesus and all these sort of things. And we're going we're gonna to go through near the end of the lesson today. I'm hoping to get through all this. Near the end of this lesson today, we're just going to recap on a whole bunch of scripture that talks about, you know, why we should be out here telling people about the, telling people about the Lord here. Uh, What's that now? I said amen. Mm -hmm. I did <clears throat> talk to a gentleman yesterday. Okay. Uh, I was up here at the church and when I started to leave, he was out there on the skateboard and uh, with his little daughter. She had a little scooter thing anyway. That All right. He was asking me about if they could, you know, skate on our concrete. And I said, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Anyway, I went to talking to him, asking uh, some questions about just going to church and stuff and he had, he actually told me that he had just uh, surrendered himself to the Lord totally. Oh, praise God. Recently. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's great. You know, I said, yeah, you have a church home? And he said, no. And uh, so I invited him to come to our church. Uh, but anyway, we, we talked for a little while, and he was, he was telling me about how he was reading the Bible now, and he started in Genesis, and he was in Deuteronomy now. And, and uh I know he was reading it because he was telling me some stuff that he had read. Yeah, he yeah. Talked about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and stuff. And how excited it was to be reading. And uh, uh, I said, yeah, it's, it is. I said, that, and especially the, you know, through the Pentateuch there, it is real exciting. I said, now, when you get on through there and you get through some of the other books and uh, Esther and Joshua and all this stuff, and then get discouraged with all these names. Right. I showed him an app that I had on my phone, a Bible app. Mm -hmm. And I just started doing this just just this year. Yeah. I've read through that stuff, I don't know how <coughs> trying to pronounce all those names, you know, and stuff. Well that Bible app you can you can let the guy read to you. Yeah, yeah. And so I decided when I get to the end of Chronicles where I am now, I I just let him read it to me and pronounce all those words. You know, <laughs> right. Now I don't get so down about it you know, when I had to read through that. So anyway, that might be something that Very cool. some other people might try. Now you see there how encouraging that, isn't it just fun to talk to people about the Lord? It oh, just I'm is to me. It, yeah, it, it just really and truly is. Well, so how did that guy do as far as uh, saying maybe he might come to the church or something? Did he, did you get that far along? services this evening, you know, and how he's going to have a fellowship and bring yeah. some foods and stay up, you know, and uh, pray in the New Year, stuff like that, and invite him to come, so we'll be playing games and, you know, and watching him. I said, well, if, if, he, uh, if he didn't have anything else to do, he would come. Okay. Yeah. Well, a lot, of, a lot of times people have a bunch of other stuff to do anyway on Christmas Eve, right, and all that. So that was last, that was last week or, yeah, it was last week or two weeks ago. Last week. Yeah. Oh, oh it's yesterday. Oh, okay. All right. 
Yeah, my mistake. Anyhow, uh, maybe he'll show up today. You never, you never know about that I kind of stuff. Yeah. It took Patty and I six months before we showed up at the church that we finally got saved in. And so you even, you even alluded one time, Gary, to the fact that after Patty and I came to this church one time, we left, and we didn't even live here, right? We lived in Ohio still, and we left, and you said, but we didn't think they'd ever come back again. Yeah. Well, we just didn't live here, that's all. <laughs> we, had, we were lived 800 miles away or something, so it was hard to get to church on Sunday morning. How much time had passed by, you know? Yeah, yeah. It took us a little while to finally get settled down here in, in, uh, in our home out here at Bridgeport. So. Well, we were thrilled to see you come when you, when you all finally did come back. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a blessing, that's for sure. So. I kept asking Gary, I said, you know that couple that came here and blah, 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 do you think they'll ever come back? Or were they, they said they were going to move here. I was questioning all the time about it. <laughs> and, and so what did he tell you? No, they're never coming back. <laughs> We try to do what we say we're going to do. It may not exactly always be in the timeline that fits in with everybody else's timeline, but we're glad. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, there's some people. I get it, man. That's, there's some people you witness to and you talk to them, and they might come to church once or twice, and then the next thing you know, they're, they're back off on the ledge they were on, and it's a sad state of affairs. But uh, nevertheless... God works in those people's lives. There's seeds that have to get planted, and, and that's, our, that's our job and what has to happen. That's pretty cool, though, that the guy turned his life over to Christ here just pre- pretty recently. Yeah, so, that, that excited me to hear him say that. Yeah. He, he you know, kind of had a lot of tattoos on his arms, stuff like that. Like, I mean, that, I, don't, I don't know. To me, it, it may be an indication that he's had a rough life. Yeah, yeah, that could very well be. I don't... I don't I don't think there's an entrance exam to get to heaven whether or not your tattoos are done up properly or any of that kind of stuff, right? I don't think that God cares anything about that. I'm reading a book right now, just started a book titled Unafraid, and it's uh, written by a guy named Eddie Penny. Um, He's kind of a pretty famous Navy SEAL and all this kind of stuff. And this guy, I don't think he has a spot on his body that doesn't have a tattoo but he's a committed Christian. We've seen him speak at an event that we were at. It was a political thing that he was around and everything. And man, what a wonderful man of God. And when you look at him, you think, this guy looks like he could just stare at me the right way and I would be dead. And, and that's the line of business that he was in. He was in the Marines and then finally changed over to become a Navy SEAL and spent you know, his entire career doing that line of work. And, and so, yeah, there's, don't judge a book by its cover is the old saying and everything. And so you look at people and you don't want to judge them by their, by their covers either. So anyway, um, we talked here then last week about, uh, about things to keep in mind when we're, when we're praying about our witnessing. Ask God to let you share the gospel in your own natural way. Ask God for opportunities and then ask God to let you be yourself when you talk about Jesus. We talked about the power of a personal story and reflected on the story from Brian in that book, Paul's story when he was talking to Agrippa and what have you. Uh, We went over the major points of the gospel to cover the witnessing aspect of it. And, And we talked about the importance of asking questions and ended the lesson with questions can open a door to a fuller presentation of the gospel. And that was a fill in the blank there. And then um, uh, we're going to pick up our lesson now here on your page six, letter F there. And we're going to talk 
we're going to take a look at a question that was asked here by Philip when he was dealing with that Ethiopian eunuch. Remember this whole story when he walks over to the chariot and he says to him, he says, let's take a look at um, uh, Philip in the eunuch here. This is Acts 8, 26 through 40. In, in verse 26, it starts out here and it says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning, and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, here's his question right here. Understandest thou what thou readest? Well, that's a good question to see somebody reading the Bible. It's a great way to witness to somebody. Go up to somebody and say, hey, are you, are you in touch with what's going on with that book you're reading there? You know, what Bible are you reading anyway? What are you, what are you reading that for? How did you have an interest in, in that sort of thing, you know? Uh, I've asked some people that question already, and I've got myself an education about the Bible because they knew a lot more about it than I knew about it, you know. And so it's just a blessing to be around Christian people, particularly ones that are willing to share their faith and to tell you about it. Understand thou what thou readest. And he said, how can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so open not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Wow. So what a, what, a, what a great way. Who, who is he talking to? Is he talking about himself or some other guy? Oh, here, let me tell you about who he's talking about. <laughs> I'll give you a, a good rundown on who he's talking about. And he began to preach unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came into a certain, unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come out, up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea." So this little passage here with Philip and his eunuch, it kind of ties this whole thing together about all the stuff that we've talked about, right? Go ask somebody a question. The, the, the witnessing to somebody is not a one-way street. It's a dialogue. It's a back and forth. This eunuch asking uh, Philip questions and vice versa. Back and forth they went here, and it all led to him telling this fella about Jesus Christ. Questions don't have to be intimidating or intrusive. There's an underline. Some examples, 
Ask somebody, where do they usually go to church? I think Gary hit on that one. What do you think when you hear the word Christian? We never, um, we never uh, talked about, you probably never talked to him about that, Gary, but that's a, a question that you, can, that you can ask about. Just dialogue, just things to get a conversation started. Did you grow up in a Christian home? Um, that one right there, I kind of put an asterisk next to that. If somebody says they grow up in a quick Christian home, a lot of times that leads them right down the path of saying, well, that's how I'm getting to heaven. My dad was a preacher, or I did this, or my mom and dad, boy, they were faithful to taking me to church every Sunday and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and then you can stop right there and you can tell the, the person very gently and in loving kindness that that doesn't have anything to do with being a Christian and knowing Christ as your Savior and going to heaven when you die. And that, again, can open up a whole pathway for you to witness to somebody. Um, I have here under, under the next letter here, be prepared for just about any kind of answer. Many people have negative views about Christians or views of Christians. Um, we don't have to dominate the conversation when you're talking to somebody. If we're genuinely concerned about people, we want to hear what their story is, their opinions about things, their questions, and their comments and concerns. Those things there... Uh, the, the little little note right here, right below that, when it comes to talking to people and asking them questions, make sure that you're also the kind of person that listens to the answer that they're, they're saying. We were at some seminar or something, I can't remember where it was, but we heard a guy say something like this, when you're listening to somebody, don't be a speaker in waiting. You, you want to listen to the person, don't be sitting there trying to maybe listen, thinking about what you're going to say next in the conversation. And uh, uh, b because what you say next in the conversation may have absolutely nothing to do with what they just said. And they're going to know right away that you haven't been listening. We talked here last week or two weeks ago now about the fact that sincerity in this is the, is the key to it. You have to be transparent. You have to, you have to believe what you're saying and you have to say it in loving kindness and you have to tell people uh, uh, from your heart and you have to be willing to listen to what their concerns about all this stuff are. There are lots of people that are concerned about Christians. I mean, the media, different people, all these different things that go on and everything. They, people look at us like we're a bunch of whack jobs out here in a lot of cases. And that's, you know, that's just not the truth. We, we are a peculiar people, the Bible says that, we're unique, we have a different way of looking at things, but uh, as near as I can tell, the way that we deal with things and how we do things is, is the better way to do it because it's following the, it's following the Bible. All right, um, expect openness. When you ask some people questions, you wanna make sure that you're uh, willing to listen to what they say. There's a sense among many Christians that most non-Christians are resistant or even adversarial about discussing the gospel. These assumptions are based on what they've read or seen in social media, what they've seen or heard on the news, perhaps they've heard about or experienced an occasional harsh response. The doctrine of exclusivity can be offensive to some people. And there, we've, we've talked about that uh, a fair number of times. There is a lot of truth to that and everything. But... Um, most of the time, around in this neck of the woods that we live in down here, 
your, your response that you're going to get to talking to somebody about the Lord is going to be very positive. In, in a lot of cases, they already say, hey, I, I know the Lord. I'm, I, you know, I go to this church. I'm a born-again Christian. My parents are in the faith. You might run across somebody that their dad really is the preacher at a church. And so they know. They, they get it. They understand where it's all about. Um, you know, I just read the, the uh, uh, newsletter from Zach and Kate up there and I told that guy when we were when we were here having that men's breakfast one morning with the missionaries I happened to mention to Zach I said I think you've got the most difficult mission field out here up in the northeast of the United States with all that witchcraft that goes on there and and that that newsletter is just beautiful that church is growing like crazy they've got faithful members up there and all that kind of junk and and man, that's just, uh, that's just God's got his hand on that, on that thing there. But uh, I, if we were up there in Keene and you start walking around in that area and you start mentioning Jesus, you're liable to get some pretty negative responses. But down here, there is very little to be afraid of. You'll run across people that are, are not believers. There's people that don't go to church. They don't believe. You tell them about Jesus. You hand them a gospel tract or something like that. You may never see them again or whatever. But uh, I've not run across any harsh, negative comments about anything. Now, in Ohio, you would run across that. You, you know, even, even up there, you'd run across it. But where Zach's at there, it, boy, I, you probably ought to... Ought to make sure you're girded up with your full armor of God when you go out there, literally up there in that in that place. So, anyway, um, we don't we don't want to we don't want to write God out of the equation from the very start of this witnessing thing. Remember that God is at work ahead of us, preparing His fields for the harvest. Amen. All right. So there's a few tools you can use here to kind of help you know what to say. This the book titled Evangelism Explosion. That's a book that I have uh, taken several, several things out of that book and written them into this lesson plan. It's that, it's that book that was done by that, that pre big Presbyterian church down there in, uh, in uh, the Fort Lauderdale, Florida area. Uh, my friend and I, uh, Tori and I, have gone to that church on a few different occasions when we were based down there and seen it. They, it's a Presbyterian look and everything, but they preach the gospel just like we do. I mean, it's, it's exactly the same kind of thing. Well, this guy developed this whole program. They've got a, they've got a school. It's a worldwide thing on how to uh, get people to, lay people to evangelize and to go out and spread the, the gospel. And boy, it's really, I mean, it is, a, it is a major, it's like a college course that you go through. The book is fascinating to, to read it, you know. And uh, so I've garnered some stuff out of that. Uh, out of that. Um, the, the other thing, the, the book that this Sunday school lesson is drawn from, the, this book by Tom Rainer, uh, Sharing the Gospel with Ease, that's a, that's a great book. And then Tom Rainer himself in this book, he mentions that he uses an app called Life on Mission. And... I don't know a whole lot about that app, except we did go out and kind of looked at it a little bit there. And it's a, it's a, good, it's a good tool to witness to people. You, you, can, you have it right there on your phone. You can go through and pull up different things, maybe what to say when you get in a little bit of a bind with somebody or something like this. Uh, that particular Life on Mission app, they're partners with the Southern Baptist Convention. And then there's a whole bunch of other things there that uh, uh, e evangelism resources that you can that you can go to, and then I go on down here and say that the internet's filled with witnessing tools. You just be you want to be careful about the version that they use and what their 
what they're actually you know, witnessing about and everything. We want to make sure that there's not any, we're not getting people off on the wrong track here when it comes to the gospel of Jesus. <clears throat> there's lots of, lots of different and strange ideas about how all this stuff works. Uh, number four here, commit not to be a, a silent Christian. When it comes to sharing the gospel, silent isn't an option. Silence isn't an option here. Uh, it's really a command. God said that we're supposed to be out here doing this, and so uh, we're, we don't, we don't, you, you got an option to work in the nursery or to be the cook around here or to be the choir leader or any of that other stuff or to be the Sunday school teacher, but we really don't have an option when it comes to witnessing to people. We're supposed to be out there doing that, folks, and, and so that's, uh, that's what it is. Um, here's a five-fold prayer of commitment to prepare yourself for speaking up. Pray to get your priorities in order. More than 7,000 people die every hour worldwide, and are we concerned, really, where they're going to spend eternity? Now, I never went out and did the math. I, didn't, I don't, didn't get out my calculator and start adding all that up, and so I don't know if it's really 7,000 people worldwide or if it's an hour worldwide. It seems like it probably is. I mean, there's lots of lots of people. Somebody just died right this second somewhere, right, on, on this planet. So, but, but we're supposed to be, as Christians, we're supposed to be concerned about where people are going to spend eternity and telling them about Jesus is the, is the way to get them to the right place. Pray for reminders or nudges from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, when you're out here praying, you just ask the Lord, just Hey, re remind me, if I'm, if I'm supposed to be doing something, nudge me along. Help me, help me do what I'm supposed to be doing here as a testimony to Jesus. Pray for opportunities to speak about things when it comes to, to uh, witnessing. Pray for the right words to fit the situation. That's where you've got to kind of be a little bit of a, a wordsmith and a little bit crafty sometimes with what you're doing. But here's the good news. The Holy Spirit will prompt you. He'll tell you what to say. You don't have to figure any of this stuff out on your own. And you sit here and you talk to some of these people, and I find myself quoting scripture that I've never even read before. It's like, where in the world did that come? I better go look and see if I did that right or whatever. And, and, and you go through there, and then the Lord will just guide you on it. Pray for your own obedience. You've got to be obedient to what the Lord is asking you to do. That can be tough. That's a, that's a tough job there sometimes. The time to speak. So there was a little bit of a correction. We had on there James and John, uh, what, what they said was, was where they couldn't stop talking. That was actually Peter and John. So I think it might be crossed off on your, on your sheet there now. Anyway, if it's not, it should be Peter and John. We can't stop talking about Jesus. And then in the book of Ecclesiastes, which we've done a very lengthy study on Sunday morning about this, in 3.7 it says, there's a time to be quiet, and a time to speak, all right? So you wanna, you wanna kinda keep that in mind when, uh, when you're doing this. There, there are times that you should speak up about things, and the speaking up about it should have to do with speaking up about Jesus and what he can do and his provision for salvation here. All right, well that's kinda the end of that lesson there, so I've wondered if there's any questions, comments, concerns about anything we've talked to up to this point in today's in today's lesson. Anybody got any questions, anything to say? All righty. A time to be silent, right? That's, yeah. You guys are quick studies here. There's no question about that. All right. So a couple weeks ago, then I guess it was now, 
I did a little survey, passed out the little sheet of paper, yes or no, yes or no answer on there. So the survey results were very, very encouraging to me. I appreciate your honesty and, and everybody, I think we got every one of them back. I don't think there was any question about any of them missing or anything like that. And so here's what I'll tell you about the survey results. We have a very, very honest class here. There's no question about what, uh, what went on here. And the class is very consistent, all right? And so the very encouraging aspect of this to me was that this group of people here can use a class just like we're, just like we're doing here. There is nothing here about any of this thing that is uh, meant to be or, or insinuation or whatever a beating down about this. I'm just strictly teaching you what this book says that we're supposed to do and trying to, trying to kind of weave that in with, with Patty and I's lifestyle, the way that we, we do it. Listen, I never wanted to do this junk either. It, all this was very intimidating to me early on when I started witnessing to people. It's tough. I'd witness to somebody or talk to somebody maybe once every three months or something. I'd, I'd run. And, and probably the last thing I was praying for was God to put people in my path to witness to them because I was just uncomfortable doing it, you know. And so there's a, um, there's a, a lot of you just have to get the courage up to to do these things. There's nothing, there should not be anything embarrassing about it. If, if, that's, if, the, if that's the case, if you're embarrassed about uh, what we believe and how our church operates and embarrassed about Jesus, then really, to me, uh, there is a, a very basic and fundamental problem with your faith. There, there is. We should not be afraid of any of this stuff. We are right about this. There, there's not a question about it. When you sit down and you pick up a Bible and you start reading this thing, you're talking about this boy reading this Bible and he's reading, you know, starting off in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, gets into all these different things and he says, yeah, when you get to Chronicles and you're going through all this, that can be a, a tough read. Well, there's a whole bunch of stuff in the Old Testament. There's even things in the New Testament that when you go and you start reading it, you can't help but conclude that this is from God. No man could ever sit down unless they were inspired, the, the scripture was inspired to write some of the stuff that they write. You just look at it and you go, how in the world would anybody ever think about that? And, and then when you come around and you start looking at how the Old Testament and the New Testament prophecy and all that stuff, how they all come together and how it all looks, then you start to mathematically sit here and figure out there's no way that this is just somebody made this stuff up. It has to be because God did it. And when we've got that part of the thing on our side of the equation, then there should be no reluctance whatsoever to tell somebody about it. You know, you, you're, it's not like you're standing up in front of 800 people in a room and you're telling them about Jesus or preaching to that many people or something. You look at Billy Graham, he'd stand up before 30 or 40,000 people in a stadium and, and talk about this stuff. That's some, that's, Probably the first time he did it, it took a lot of courage to do that. And then later on, it just got to be his way of life. And that's the way that it should be with us, with witnessing to people. Personal evangelism, that's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to train anybody to come up and stand in front of a, a stadium full of people and, and talk about these things. So anyways, um, let's take a look at some scripture here. This will be the last, this will be the last stuff that we can, we can get through, and hopefully I'll get it, I'll get it all done here because there's a, a fair amount of it. So this is just scripture that is just talking about and encouraging 
you folks, giving you some confidence in why we should be out here evangelizing, doing personal evangelism. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says this, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. All that I have commanded you. Yep, go forth and spread the gospel, and he's with us the whole time. Acts 1.8 reads like this, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth, including Bridgeport, Texas, except that's not in the text. All right, but that's where we live. Proverbs 11.30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Boy, that's, I, I, I love that verse. I remember Brother Witzke, he would always point that. He that winneth souls is wise. You know, I don't consider myself a very wise person, but I do win souls, and so maybe that proverb would apply to my uh, life here. Psalm 96.3, declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. Declare his glory among the heathen. Mark 16.15, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, that's... Pretty clear what we're supposed to be doing. Isaiah 43.10, Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I whom I've have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither thou shalt there be after me. Pretty clear who he is, where he came from, when he was there, and that he's still there, and that there's not ever going to be another God after him. Philippians 2.15, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shall shine as lights in the world. I'd say we're in a crooked and perverse nation right now. 1 Corinthians 9, 9-23, this is long. For it is written in the law of Moses, thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen, or saith he it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and that he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of this hope, of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, it is, a, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather... Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers of the altar? Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. But I have used none of these things, neither have I written these things, that I should be so done unto me, for it were better for me to die than that any man should make my glorying void. For, thou, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity it is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. 
But if against my will a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me, what is my reward then? Verily, that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not the power in the, my power in the gospel. For though I be a free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that we are without the law, without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you." Acts 4.20, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Let me just kind of reiterate here on this, um, what we just read here, this 1 Corinthians thing here. Paul goes through here and he makes this very clear that there is not any avenue, not any situation, not any condition that you can be in where you shouldn't be witnessing about Christ. You shouldn't be telling people about Christ. And that there is no gain, there is no benefit as far as our human existence. What we're, we're not doing it for our own benefit. We're doing it to further the kingdom of, of God is what this is all saying. And so he's very clear here that he's, um, he's saying, look, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out here and no matter what environment I'm in, I'm going to become just like those people so that I can show them a, in contrast to them the difference between all this nonsense that you go through and how Christ can actually save you if you just put your faith and trust in him. All right. So then Acts 4.20, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. There's those two guys. 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. John 4.35. Say not ye... There are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. People are, people are anxious and interested in hearing the gospel if you just tell them about it. Acts 8, 4. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Ephesians 6, 19 and 20. And for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open the mouth, my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Romans 10, 14. How then shall they call upon him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Right? That's us. We go out and we have to tell people about this. Colossians 4, 2 through 6. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us that God would open us a, a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace seasoned with salt, that ye may know that ye ought to answer every man. Acts 2.32 This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof all, we are all witnesses. Acts 5, we are all witnesses. Acts 5.24 And daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not 
to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Luke 8, 39. Return to thine own house and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. Acts 1.16, Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Acts 22:15 For thou shalt be his witnesses, his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. Luke 21:13 through 15 And it shall turn turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what ye shall answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. All right, and then finally, the kind of the last thing on here, witnessing is an integral part of the life of every Christian. It has to be, folks. We're supposed to be out here doing this. It's a way to share the good news of Jesus Christ and spread God's love and mercy to those around us. By witnessing, we can lead others to a relationship with God, creating a lifelong impact. This is a responsibility we should take seriously, but also approach with joy and excitement as we share the good news. Let's be faithful witnesses of God's love, grace, and truth, always ready and willing to share the hope that we have in Christ with those around us. All right, and so kind of the assignment then here is have a conversation with someone about their church and their experience and with faith by asking open-ended questions. All right, since I wasn't here last week and this was last week's question, Merry Christmas and see you next week have a word of prayer. The bell just rang again. We're done here. Father, thank you for the time that you've given us here. We'd ask that you'd be with the preacher this morning now as he brings us a, a message. And we just ask that you'd open our hearts and our minds to be receptive to it. Think about people on the prayer list here, Lord. We just ask that you would continue to be with them, all of the people on the prayer list, not just the ones mentioned here this morning, that they would uh, have a speedy recovery. We thank you and we praise you in Christ's name. Amen.